Right. It's been, what an evening it's been so far. We've, we've had uh, people from Global Local Investment in. We've had people from Brainline in. Now, hopefully, I get to kick back and relax. I'll tell you about why I'm going to do that in a bit. Those of you who've been uh, WhatsApping and SMSing earlier on, it looks like the lines were down because I just got a ton of messages through. Um, I will try and pass those messages on to the relevant people so that... Uh, they will get all of those. The guys from Global and Local Investments will be back in uh, the next when's it? two weeks. They're going to be coming back. Right now, though, it is my pleasure to uh, welcome on the line, all the way from the fairest of the Cape, um, the one, the only. She is a chef. She's an author. She's a restauranteur. Um, she's been on TV shows. Um She's just, I don't know, I think she's amazing. Welcome to you, Prue Leith. Thank you, David. I like that introduction. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was trying to get everything in all at once, and let's be honest, there's a lot, okay? So I didn't get all of it in. Um, but uh, you've got the Prue Leith Chefs Academy uh, that's in Centurion. Um, people will know you from, well, I certainly um, got to know you and um, developed a little bit of a TV crush on you from your days uh, of the great, uh, the great British menu. Yeah, no, but, yeah that, that, I was always really amused because whenever I came to, to South Africa, um, somebody would tell me um, how wonderful I was on the great British menu or something and would turn out that they were watching something that had been filmed five years before. Because yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know why, but you always had it. And when the Queen turned... 80, which was where the very first Great British menu we ever did was her birthday party, and the chefs had to compete to, to do the Queen's um, you know, dinner. And then they'd say, oh, I love the Queen's dinner. And I think, this is in, you know, 10 years later, I would think she was talking about her 90th birthday. <laughs> and she was, they weren't, they were still watching the, and then they'd look at me and say, you look a bit old. Because <laughs> I was ten years old. <laughs> anyway, I, I did that for eleven years, and now I do the Great British menu instead. Yeah, I've 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 got to say this because we never we never ever ask a lady her age, but um, I don't I don't believe for a single second uh, that that you're looking old. And I think uh, considering everything that you've managed to do in your life, um, you're looking damn fine for it. Well, you'll have to now tell your, your listeners that I'm in fact going to be 80 next week. So oh. I could wear better to celebrate my 80th birthday than in my homeland. Well. So, um, and I'll be here for a week. So I'm going to be 80. And, you know, but you said that I've done a lot of things in my life. Well, it's true, I have. But then you see, I have lived a very long time. So I've had <laughs> lots of time to do it all. No, it's not that bad. I'm catching up with you quite quickly. But, I mean, let me just see. You if... sound about pussy. How old are you? <laughs> oh, you say the sweetest thing. Come on, come things. on, come on, David. Tell us. 52. But that's a baby. Yes. You could be my son. Yes. Yes, I could be. In which case, I would have eaten very well over the last few years. <laughs> um, but, Pooh. Well, You've, you've, you've seriously had a, a, an amazing life. I mean, um, something that I only learned recently is that um, I thought, yeah, you've, you've published a cookbook or two, but you've done 13? 14 now. 14, oh, oh, with the new one. one. which is going to be out next, next week or the week after, is a vegetarian kitchen. And it's really funny because everybody thinks I've jumped on some kind of vegetarian bandwagon. 
Um, actually, I'm a tremendous carnivore. I like nothing better than a fry. <laughs> but the truth is that I've always loved vegetarian. I mean, I'm just greedy. I love everything. And I, I wrote a vegetarian cookbook about 20 years ago. And my publisher said, I actually wanted to call it The Vegetarian Kitchen. And the publisher said, oh, God, you can't put the word vegetarian in the title. We'll never sell a single copy. <laughs> so we had to call it the contemporary cooking, contemporary cooking. Right? Uh -huh. And it didn't do particularly well. But now I have managed to finally use that title. And so I've now got the vegetarian kitchen. But yeah. it's, um, and it'll be out next week. I think that's fantastic. Now, the question I need to ask you, though, is as a committed carnivore myself, would I find something of interest in the vegetarian oh, yeah. kitchen? No question. I mean, everybody thinks carnivores live on meat. Well, it, it's true they love meat. We all do. I mean, I love meat. But I think that if you look at, at the diet you eat, you probably eat porridge for breakfast. You probably eat the odd salad with your braai or whatever. And it's just making that side dishes more interesting so that they're not just boring lettuce mm -hmm. or, you know or bo overboiled veg, which is an English speciality. Um, so, uh, you know, no, I, I think that, I mean, I hope they would absolutely love it. And I don't, I don't like the idea of advertising something as vegetarian, because it sounds as if it's, it's too um, worthy. Whereas I want people to just think these are delicious dishes. They are much cheaper than meat. Mm -hmm. By and large, veg is cheaper than meat. And especially um, if you're feeding everyday food and children and, you, and you're a bit strapped for cash, it's crazy not to look at vegetarian food because shove a bit of herbs and spices in it or a really good sauce or put a bit of avocado or pomegranate seeds or, or fizzled up onions or something a bit interesting in it and suddenly it's a very fresh, lively, delicious thing to eat. So I'm 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 for carnivores. Just <laughs> thinking of it as a, for the moment, thinking of it as a side dish, and quite quickly it'll become you know that's a really nice main course. Well, you do know. I mean, obviously, with with your South African roots, you do know that very much in South Africa, chicken is considered a vegetable. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, like tofu or something. <laughs> yeah, actually, my memories of South African chicken are sort of chicken puri puri and things, and they were always wonderfully flavoured. And the chicken actually had some flavour. In England now, unless you buy a really good organic chicken that hasn't been bred to death and and over stuffed with um, antibiotics and fed so much stuff that it it, it, it grows so fast that it can't even um, stand up. Yeah. which is unbelievably cruel. And it, the result is a chicken taste of nothing, absolutely nothing. And you know what is terrifying, David? It's the fact that the, the mass of people in England have got so used to supermarket food where the food is very, very cheap because England and the U.S. have the cheapest food in the world. Yeah. They spend less on food than anybody else. And they've got used to factory food. And so they've got used to bland, no-taste food. And so it's an absolute pleasure to, um, you know, uh, I mean, I, today I, I was in South Africa, I was in the waterfront in the Cape. 
and I was eating stuff that I just bought. It's like street food in a kind of food market. And the flavor of the chicken was fantastic. I mean, I don't know what they do to it, but I think it's just a proper old chicken like I used to remember. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Well, one of the things that, that we've started doing very recently is, is growing our own veggies and, and growing them organically. And mm. that is also one of the things... Um, because I got to the stage where I was like, tomatoes do not taste like tomatoes anymore. They just, they've no. got no taste. And but as soon as you grow your own, yeah. they taste amazing. Yes. I know, we, we, we just forget that how, how absolutely, how very punchy vegetarian food can be. But it does need decent veg to begin with. I buy, um, everything comes from a, where I live in the middle of the Cotswolds. There's a pub which started having, because they couldn't make enough money by selling beer, so they started a farm shop on the land that they own behind the pub. And they have the most wonderful, I mean, it's all organic and it's all homegrown and everything else, and for about a quarter of the price of the stuff you pay, what you pay for in the supermarket, mm. we get food that tastes like it tasted when I was a child in South Africa. So, you know... I mean, we just have to make a fuss and then try to eat good. I mean, it, it is the same argument about food. Yeah? I mean, about meat. I think, you know, for the sake of the planet, we all do need to eat a bit less meat. But we don't need to enjoy it less. Let's just eat less meat, but better quality meat. And, yeah. you know, have it three times a week, not twice a day. I would absolutely agree with you there. Um, Prue, we're just going to take a quick break, and uh, when we come back, we'll continue chatting with you because um, I want to talk about, uh, and, and, and dare I say, and, and call it uh, uh, the cookery school, because it's not, hey, it's, it's, the, it's the Chef's Academy. Um, yeah, in, in Centurion. In Centurion. So I'd like to, when we come back, tell no, a little I'd bit love about, to that. Talk about that. I'm so proud of that. I'd love to talk about that. And about some of the fantastic chefs that have trained there. I mean, I, um, if I'm not mistaken, uh, what is the lady's name? Chantal. Chantal uh, Dartmoor. Yeah. Um, she she was trained at, at your place, wasn't she? She was. She was. I don't know any of the, the students as well as obviously the the, the South the Africans would. would. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but um, it it has a wonderful reputation, and the thing that I absolutely love is that if I go into a you know a very famous restaurant like the Test Kitchen or something, mm -hmm. um, which I haven't done for a few years, but the last time I went in there, um, they said to me, "Come into the kitchen and." Uh, we've got a surprise for you. And I went to the kitchen and the, and the chefs all turned around, not all of them, but you know, some of them turned around. And they all were wearing the um, Chef's Academy jackets. Yeah. Oh, and lovely. on the back was written, you know, culinary excellence or whatever it says on the back. And they were so proud of the fact that they'd been to Leeds. It was just lovely. Fantastic. And, um, so I love it when I go around and people say, oh, you're Prue Leaf, as in Prue Leaf Chef's Academy. Yes, yes. yes that's me. <laughs> Stunning so. stuff. Prue, don't go anywhere. We'll be back chatting to you in okay, just a bit. Lovely. My special guest on the line with me, um, Prue Leith. So, Prue, I'm still trying to get through all the things that you have done and continue to do in your life. And um, I'm still taking the celebrating your 80th birthday under advisement. Um, <laughs> Because I don't believe that's possible. Good gracious me. Um, talk to me a little bit about uh, the Chef's Academy. And, and, and uh, you know, when did that start? Is it a passion? It seems to be a passion well, of know, yours. It's so interesting because I'd, I'd had a chef school in London for a very long time. And many of the ex-students from, from that school or who were now successful chefs or cooks elsewhere 
would come to me and say, can we open a leaf um, school in Hong Kong or in, in America or somewhere? And I always said no, because I, I just thought, well, I won't be able to control it. I won't be able to be make sure that they don't just do the wrong thing. And then these guys arrived, a bunch of hoteliers, um, led by Tiny Barnardson. And he arrived in my office in London and he said, could we do something in England, in, in South Africa? And I thought, absolutely brilliant. I'd love to do something in my home country. And I knew it was badly needed because there was a lot of, um, it was just very difficult to train um, young people for the, for the trade because a lot of people didn't want to do it. And, and so on. So I wanted to do it, but I said, well, you know, but they were a professional body and they said, look, we will pay for you to come out to South Africa every year. You will control the curriculum. We will develop it together. And they were just so wonderful. And so we did it. And to be honest, I am so proud of it because I think it's the absolute model for a chef school because it has a lot of um, you know, academic teaching, you know, so you understand nutrition and theory and all the rest of it. But it also has amazing amount of practical knife skills and all the things you'd expect in a cookery school. And it has a restaurant, which is a very good restaurant. And one of the best one, top 10 in Gauteng. And the students run the restaurant. So they get practical experience. And it all happens in 18 months. You get the whole course, which in England takes three years. So it's pretty damn good. They work jolly hard, though. I have to say, you do six months as a beginner, six months intermediate, six months um, as a senior, and you don't get a lot of time off. And you work, you work trade hours, because one of the things I was really keen for students to understand is this is not playing at, at cooking. If you want to do the chef's course, you have to understand that chefs work unsocial hours, they work at weekends, and they, it's not... It's not a picnic. It's long, and, uh, long hours. The sheep and the goats and the fact is we have wonderful students. But I, have you noticed this? Because you do, you do travel a lot. But for me, over the last couple of years, uh, there's the sense that, that South African cookery is coming into its own, that we as South Africans are going, this is who we are, this is our food, these are our products. And, and it's, it's something that we're starting to get become very proud of. And so you should. And so you should. I mean, when I think um, what, what South African food was like when I left, it was a rather sort of poor imitation of British food, which was rather stodgy, full of pies, rather heavy. Even if on Christmas Day we ate turkey and Christmas pudding. And, and it was unsuitable for the country. And now people are so proud of what South Africa produces. And especially on things like, um, you know, the good old-fashioned South African braai has become really famous. I forget what it's called, but there's a restaurant in, in London now, which <laughs> which is just a braai, but it's a braai with amazing marinades and fantastic salads and really beautiful looking. And, uh, you know, the, the, I, think, I think one of the things that's led the way is South African wine, because for the last, um, I suppose, 40 years while I've been in the, in the trade, when I first opened my restaurant in 69, I used to sell South African wine. And quite a lot of the, my customers were really indignant about that because it was still the days of apartheid. And they said, why aren't you boycotting South African wine? Never yeah. mind promoting it. And I said, look, you know, you've got to talk to people if you want to convince them. And 
and this is the most wonderful wine, and we should be promoting it. And and I think you know South African cheeses have got so much more interesting. I, I'm at the moment I'm living at the top of the Cape Grace Hotel, which I tell you was a pretty brilliant luxury to have. It's an absolute pleasure, and you go into the little food market across the in the waterfront. And the food there is as good as you'll get anywhere in the world. It is just amazing. Oh, wonderful. It's not, it's not all indigenous South African, but it's, you know, they just take any flavor they like and put it together, and it's wonderful. Now... Prue, you said you're here to celebrate your 80th birthday uh, next week, uh, also the launch of your book, Vegetarian Kitchen. Um, are, are any South Africans going to, to get a chance to see you anywhere, or is this literally a flying uh, visit? You know, I think they might be thoroughly sick of me, <laughs> because, because I am going to spend the next uh, three days in Cape Town doing absolutely nothing but, um, uh, you know, um, doing cookery demonstrations and book signings and chats and, and radio and stuff. You are the first person I've spoken to, though, I must say. So well, you're my guinea pig. Good. Well, let's hope we set the bar but fairly I'm high. i do a lot of that, and then I'm, going to, um, and then I'm going to Johannesburg for a week, and I'm going to do it all over again. And, of course, I love it because I'm such an egotist. I just love the attention. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I sincerely, so I sincerely hope that, that when you're in Joburg, I, I do get a chance to at least meet you and say hello because I would love to do that. Um, but now, you know, every time I look around, it's like this is not enough for Prulith because, uh, amongst other things, you've got a spectacle range and a greeting card range. And I believe your, your spectacle frames are now available in South Africa as well. They are, they are, and and I'm told they're selling quite well. But I shall discover more when I get to Johannesburg. Uh -huh. We we launched them about six months ago, and they're very coloured. You know, they've got. I mean, I'm I'm mad about colour, and because I'm on telly a lot, people often write to me and say, "Where do you get your specs?" And so I think this is my moment because I'm such a commercial woman, and I've been <laughs> in business one way and another all my life. So. So we now have a, a, a pre-lease range, and if you if you Google pre-lease classes, yeah. it'll tell you where to get them. And um, and then I've now uh, and I've now got a, I've now got a, a necklace range, and it breaks my heart because I, you in South Africa you are so good at necklaces. You, you you know the African necklaces are wonderful. I can't help buying Ethiopian necklaces and African necklaces one way or another are fantastic. From the, from you know the Mediterranean down to the Cape of Good Hope, they are wonderful necklaces. However, I'm in competition with you, <laughs> and you don't sell my necklaces, so I can't even go hiking them. Oh but I no! Wear them. I wear them everywhere I go. Well, and we're, we're, will see them. We'll keep a lookout for you. I have to tell you, though, that um, one of the things that I have discovered is that wherever you go, um, and I think it's because you are that approachable, and, you know, the, I think the Prulith you see on TV or hear on the radio is probably the Prulith that you that you are in real life. But um, somebody that's helping you out with your, your PR um, in South Africa, um, she's, she's, yes, she is, her and I have actually become firm friends. So she's a bit of a stalker. So she's listening to the show. And when I was talking to you about... When I was talking to you about the Great British Menu, on my WhatsApp line, in capital letters, came through, the TV show is the Great British Bake Off. <laughs> and then, That's true. And the then current I TV show is Great British Bake Off. Then I corrected you. You and I would 
nattering about was the Great British menu. Yes, I exactly. Suppose. It's very confusing. Exactly, exactly. But I'm now on the Great British menu. And today, walking around the, uh, the waterfront on the Cape, mm-hmm. I met about, you know, I get stopped for people to take selfies, and I love it because I just think it's fantastic that they even know who I am. And they are mostly watching The Great British Bake Off, which is on Netflix as well as on some channel. And they are just so... um, It's amazing. And to me, it's amazing. I mean, in Japan or America or all over the place, because of Netflix... People recognize me. Yeah. <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> Prue, we, we're running out of time, but thank you so much. I know you've had a very, very hectic schedule so far, and it promises to continue to be hectic. So thank you for taking the time out and having a chat to us. Um, Jenny's probably going to send me a message just now going, you did it again on Radio, David. You should not have mentioned my name. But I promise you she is the most amazing, amazing. I've got all the time in the world for her. And thank you for agreeing to do this. Oh, well, thank you so much. Thank you very, very much. I hope I'll meet you in Johannesburg. We certainly would be looking forward to that. All the best. And the book, once again, please look for it in all bookstores. It's called The Vegetarian Kitchen. Um, Prue's done a total of 14 books now. Her memoir, Relish, is absolutely brilliant. We didn't even get a chance to talk about that or about any of the other novels, but um, hopefully we'll get you on another time where we can have a more in-depth chat. Lovely. Thanks, David. Very, very much. Enjoy the rest of your evening, Prue. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. There we go. What a lovely lady to speak to. Prue Leith, uh, the doyen of British cookery, and uh, she's going to be here. Look, at, keep an eye out. Next week, she's going to be in Joburg, book signings, etc., etc. Um, who knows? Maybe uh, you'll get to meet the lovely lady yourself. Speaking of the lovely ladies, uh, up next, Kaz going to be taking you through until whatever o'clock in the morning. Uh, so there you go. Depends how she feels tonight. I'm up and out of here. I'll catch you again next Monday. Have yourselves a fantastic, e- Ooh, a fantastic evening, he says, after quietly nearly choking. And one more thing before I go. Thank you for listening.